we need more than ever to be, somebody say, disciples. disciples. And, and I, we talked about it last week, that Christians and disciples are a little bit different because nowadays anybody can be a Christian with any old belief and any old ideology in your life. And Jesus doesn't do that. He leaves it very defined what it is to be his follower. Unlike the church where we try to put this nice facade on and we hide all of our doctrine behind these, this nice curtain. And we don't want people to be so afraid of what we believe rather than saying, hey, this is what we believe. We still believe in traditional marriage. We still believe abortion is a sin, and culture isn't always right. That's what we believe. We can't hide these things. We still believe that, 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 that these kind of ways of living, we still believe that sex before marriage is a sin. Oh, my God. The Bible has not changed. God says this, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't say, I'm the same yesterday, today, up until 2020, and then I'll change you do whatever you want and live wild. He says, I'm, I'm the same forever. And we need to understand this as a church. How do we serve, you know, a, a uh, how would you say, how do we serve an ancient God in a modern world? He's beyond time. And so we need to look at the image of Christ, right? And we're, again, I told you last week, we're starting pretty low, and we're building it up week by week, and we're still low this week. We're setting some easy things to do as a, as a follower of Jesus, some mindsets we need to have, perspectives to be able to walk after Jesus. Amen. Last week, we talked about the three marks of a disciple where Jesus says, come after me, right? Deny yourself and pick up your cross. And we, we, we looked at discipleship from this lens of becoming more like Jesus every single day and allowing Jesus to live his life through us. Amen? So I'm going to preach to you a simple word today. Let's pray real quick and bless the word and let's move forward. Amen? Father, I just pray right now that you would open our hearts, although we might already be offended by the fact that you're still ancient and still have your ways. But, Lord, open our hearts to know you and to hear you, to be able to understand your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen. amen. So when I was a kid, um, much before the days of Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon, or whatever uh, kind of streaming service you use, before those times where um, you could watch an entire season of a show in a day, I don't recommend doing that. It would be three episodes, right? You have the time, praise the Lord. But we, we, we have these things called, um, uh, like, when I was a kid, I had to wait every week to find a watch, rather, at my favorite TV show. All the old people said amen. All this luxury you guys have of watching the whole season that comes out at once, foolishness. <laughs> Above and beyond that, back in the day when I was a kid, we had this thing, you might not know some of this stuff, called a commercial. And a commercial is every few moments in between the interval of a show, uh, they have a time where people pay for advertisement. Some of this is foreign to some of you guys. You don't even have cable television at home. You only watch Netflix. And they had advertisement. And that was your time to use the restroom and go make popcorn during the movie. And this is before the time of DVR where you can record something. And that was revolutionary by itself. Oh, my God. When they said we can actually record a show and watch it later? You didn't have to do it on VHS and hopefully you got the whole thing? Y'all remember hooking the, the, the VCR? I won't even go into what that is, into the TV and hopefully have a timer to record you. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So you could, watching Kirby all the time and, and the Herbie the car and see all those old times. But I used to have to watch the show every week. It wasn't this thing of like, you know, you could just watch the whole thing. The Mandalorian, I'm watching that. It's kind of doing that, making me wait every week, and I feel disgusted by it. I'm spoiled already. For some of you, I'm talking foreign Chinese. It's okay. Look it up. One of the things we used to see a lot when I was younger, and I used to hate it, was that, because when you get into a good show, if it's really good, it'll captivate you and you'll lose time. 
It doesn't even know how far the show is in. And you don't realize the show has 10 seconds left. And there's no humanly possible way for them to tie up all the loose ends of this show in these last 10 seconds or 60 seconds of this show. Like the 24 show. You didn't realize how far you got to the end. And then it just hit you with these three words that were obscene. And it was called to be continued. You don't have a lot of that nowadays. The last time I saw that was, it was criminal, it was offensive to me, was in the Infinity Wars Avengers movie. At the end of it, it's just like everyone dies. You don't know what's going to happen next. Everyone's gone. You just killed Spider-Man. You just got this new Spider-Man. The other ones were terrible. He's good. You just got this. You killed him. You didn't know what was going to happen. You had this hope. Like It was like, I loved it in the sense because the bad guy actually won. It was like all the other movies are so predictable. I didn't predict that they were going to, it hit us with this to be continued and, you know, end game. I'm just like, no. This is terrible. Recently, I was watching MasterChef. I love Gordon Ramsay. I was watching MasterChef, and it's a great, cool show where they, they, they bring in home cooks who compete to be the top home cook in the, in the nation. And, and um, I just love when he just looks at their food and says, what a shame. And he's just like, I just love it. He's, he's hilarious to me. Like he's honestly, he's hilarious. And so I, I'm watching it and it was an older one from like 2010. And it was like, you know, to be continued. I'm like offensive, <laughs> offensive. Now, now it may be a silly illustration, right? But did you realize that every night you go to sleep, that when you wake up in the morning, your discipleship is to be continued. Your walk with God is to be continued day by day it's this life uh, journey that we go on with Jesus and that it's every single moment. There are no days off in Christianity and walking with God and discipleship. I can't choose to be sinful one day because I'm feeling down. And then when I'm feeling up, I'm high praises with Jesus. That's just not the way things work in the kingdom of God. There's this silly um, NyQuil commercial or DayQuil commercial also where uh, they have this a guy with a runny nose. He's like, hey, Tom, I'm not going to make it into work. And, and they show Tom, and Tom's a baby, in, in the, a toddler in the, in the crib. And Tom's looking at him like, what? He's like, Billy, I won't make it into work. The mom's like, I won't make it in today. I'm not feeling too great. And the whole point was, you know, take DayQuil. It's going to help you feel better. But there are no days off when you're a parent. Yeah. Any parents know what I'm talking about. No matter how you feel. You could be having an asthma attack. And that kid's like, can you make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Like, I'm dying here. I'm about to die. And you want a peanut butter and jelly? Can I have a snack? Before you die, can you get me a snack? And so, like, that, there's no, like, listen, there's no days off, right, when it comes to being a parent. And there's no days off when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. Some people take seasons off. I, I've never understood that. There's this daily pursuit that takes place. Now, now listen to Luke 9, 23, the words of Jesus. He says, and he said to all, meaning everybody around him, he's making a public statement, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, that sounds a lot like the scripture we read last week, Pastor, and you are very astute. It's the exact same scripture, but from a different gospel. It's the exact same conversation that Jesus is having with Peter, where Peter has took it upon himself to let Jesus know, hey, you're not going to die. You're not going to go to the cross and all this stuff. That's not the way it's going to unfold. You're crazy. And Jesus comes and rebukes Peter, and he says this statement. But this one in the book of Luke is slightly different. And I love the book of Luke because Luke is a doctor by trade, right? He's a doctor. And Luke records things with much more detail because he's a detail-oriented person. 
And he has one different detail in this uh, monologue and dialogue between Jesus, rather, and Peter. And he has one more difference, right? And, and that difference is, he says, daily. Pick up your cross daily. Daily, pick up your cross. Somebody say daily. It's the same verse, the three marks of a disciple, to come after Jesus, deny yourself, and pick up your cross. And although this like, word is so simple and small, daily, it really leans itself into this understanding that every single day that Jesus wants me to follow him and make intentional moves in my life to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I want to be this radically obedient disciple to Jesus. And it doesn't mean that that's easy. I don't want to undermine how complex this can be at times, but by the same token, it's simple that it's a daily requirement in my life as a follower of Jesus. God is not calling me to be a Christian when I want to. It's a daily thing that I have to do. Here's point number one, right? Discipleship is real simple today. It's a daily diligence. There's a daily diligence in my life, right? There's a daily attention to detail that I have to have in this lifestyle that I'm walking with God, that in my process of life, every single moment, I turn it over to God. And that was the life of the 12 who followed Jesus. And Judas is an example that not every time someone's following Jesus will they end up right. Some people in their heart can be in close proximity to God and still end up with a divided heart. Don't think proximity to presence or Jesus makes you perfect. You can still, if you don't check your heart and open your heart to Jesus fully, right, you can still find yourself in a mess or in a conundrum. Here's something cool to understand and think about. Every morning you wake up, Jesus wants to go on an adventure with you. This idea that your Christian walk is boring, it's elementary, it's rudimentary, it's just like this like boring thing you do where you wake up, you read your Bible, you can't yell at people you want to yell at, you can't do the things you want to do because now you're a Christian. That's not Christianity. Christianity that we should be walking in is every day we're walking with God, we're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, we're impacting people for the grace of God, for the kingdom of God. The Bible says these signs are follow them who believe, right? And among those signs are the signs of healing, the signs of prophetic giftings, the utterance of the word of God to other people. That should be your experience with Christ, that in your workplace you are bringing in the gospel, the kingdom, not through your words, but through your actions and your lifestyle that people are seeing. Wow, this person is different. They are walking in Jesus. But in order to do that, I have to die daily to my own desires and my own will. Paul says, says in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I die daily. And he meant that in two capacities. Number one, he's arrested when he's doing this, right? When he says that, he's under arrest. And so he's saying, I literally face the, the prospect of dying or being killed or executed every single day that I am in this jail. But by the same token, he means also this, that I die to my own desires every single day. That I die to my desires every single day. I wake up and I don't do what I want to do in the flesh because the Lord is calling me on a different journey. This is an everyday deal, church. Your prayer life, your seeking of the word of God, your obedience to Jesus, it requires this everyday commitment. Every day I wake up, I have to pick up where I left off, right? So when I go to sleep, to me, it's like a checkpoint. Checkpoint, I don't have to redo this day. I can move forward with Jesus. When I wake up, I say, Lord, I have this on my agenda, but what are your plans for me today? What do you want me to do? Sometimes the simple things that God tells me to do that may not seem to, to bear some big impact on my life, and, and people might say, well, what's that doing for you? I don't know, but sometimes God tells me, don't take the highway, just take the streets. And it might be because maybe I'm avoiding an accident. I don't know. Maybe because he just wants to have more time with me in the car because he wants to talk to me or wants to just... Pray over the streets as I drive. I don't know, but why can't I just be obedient to God and take the streets? 
It's the simple things in my life. Like, Lord, like, what do you want for me to do? Whether your desire for my day or your will for my life, how do I draw closer to that? It's a daily diligence. You've got to be diligent in this. You've got to be attentive to your walk with God every single day. Do you realize that every single day you have a choice whether you're going to walk with God or not? Every single day. Like the 12, doing all Jesus did, following him everywhere he would go, moving in every way that Jesus would move, that is the call of a true disciple of Jesus. And now, if I'm honest, it sounds simple, but if we're honest, it ain't simple. Because we know that we're tempted all the time to do wrong. You don't have to say amen to that. I heard one true somewhere in the back over here. We're tempted all day long to act wrong and to do wrong. There's this pursuit of God that is so far beyond the Sunday or Wednesday relationship with God. It's so far beyond that. It's deeper, right? And Jesus says this to people who, who continue to like look at God and look away and look at God and look away. He says this in the Gospels. You are unfit for the kingdom. Anyone who goes after me and then looks back, you're unfit for the kingdom. That's a scary thought to have, y'all, that Jesus says we're unfit for the kingdom if I keep on looking back. This year, the reality is that, that, that we need an, a, a permanent commitment in the church of Jesus Christ across America for discipleship, right? To rise up in our hearts and to focus on Jesus and be diligent daily. My diligence, meaning my willingness to pick up my cross, to come after Jesus, to be consistent, to not have to be babysat, but to grow in my faith, in and of myself, to love God, to know God, to be in community with others who are growing in God, and be diligent. Somebody say diligent. Right? Every day and every night, my discipleship is to be continued. The next episode is the next day, and God's going to have a new adventure for me, and it's going to be phenomenal every single day, right? Discipleship requires daily diligence, right? Diligence requires two things in my view. Without these two things, we're in jeopardy of doing things halfway. Here's the first thing, and here's point number two that diligence requires, right? In terms of God, discipleship requires continued obedience. We are so good at, like, being obedient in the moment. But God is looking for continued obedience. I might get in trouble here today. God's looking for some continued obedience in your life. He's not looking for a moment of obedience. He's not looking for a piece of obedience. He's not looking for a time of obedience. He's looking for a lifestyle of obedience in your life. And and obedience meaning to absolutely do and say and be who God has called us to be and to live my life according to the word of God. We are so good. I wish I had a witness here today at starting strong in a new conviction for God. We are so good. It's so easy to pick up the cross on on Monday or Tuesday, but to keep it on Wednesday might be a struggle. And forget Thursday, my Friday, we got plans. And then by Saturday, we got desperate to go back to God. And Sunday, it's just this, it's like some of us have been in church for years and years, but have not seen the growth that God wants. And he's like, man, there hasn't been continued obedience in your life. It's easy in the beginning to be obedient to God, but God is looking for this continual obedience in our life. I think that what happens to us is we grow obedient to God, but then because we're not feeding ourselves the word, we're not in communion with God intimately with him, we end up at this place of weakened obedience with God. I'll give you an example, a few examples, right? It is so easy when you come to God to not watch certain things on television because you know they're trash. 
It is so easy to sit there and be like, you know what? I don't think Jesus would watch this. I should probably turn this off. And it's easy in the beginning, but then six or eight months down the road, when you're not as convicted of sin, you begin to watch the very same things that you know God told you don't watch. Here's an example that might hit too close to home. You know that in certain seasons of your life, God has told you get off this social media platform or get off that one because it is absorbing your time and you are spending all of your day scrolling away. Your thumb got a six pack because you scroll so much and all you are doing is flipping, flipping, flipping through all types of social media. You are Instagramming. You are picturing your life away. You are looking at people. You're, you're the comment king. You comment on everybody's stuff. You have, do, you, do you work? How are you on social media all day? How do you comment on everything? How do you find a way to sit there and be in everybody's post? And then you are always first. What is up with you? And then you, God told me to get off of it, so I'm going to do it. And five months later, I'm back. I used to love those I'm back posts, like, I always wanted to say, why (laughs) did the Spirit tell you to come back? Why are you back? Why are you here? Is it the Lord? Is it not? We're good at, like, temporary obedience, y'all. We're good at staying away from that person God told us to stay away from. But then they post one scripture verse. Did they get saved? (laughs) Hey, how are you? (laughs) Praying for you. You know that you're temptation. Why are you bothering that person? Why are you? Why are you if God told you to leave it, he, he's not schizophrenic. He don't have a dual personality. God meant what he said. I, I said this years and years and years and years ago, and it still stands true today to many believers. When's the last time you started struggling with a new sin? That's what the Bible calls it, the sins that so easily beset us. Satan doesn't have new tricks. It's the same old stuff. The only way to come against it is obeying Jesus. The only, like, honestly, when you look at what God has done for us, the only viable, natural, sensible, comprehensible response is that you would radically be obedient to God in light of what Jesus has done for us, died for us, forgiven us of all of our sins, given us access to eternal life. The only sensible thing and response is that we are radically obedient to God. Because when we were sinners, we were radically disobedient. And the only thing that compromises that and, and, and rather counters that is that we would be radically obedient to God. So you might say, well, why is it such a big deal to obey God? Like, I'm going to have some down days. And that's true. We all have moments where we fall. No one is perfect. We're all in the process of sanctification. Now, sanctification is just a really big church word that means you are ever changing into the image of God by the power of the Holy Spirit that God is working in you. But why is this a big deal? Because Jesus says this in John 14, 15. He's talking to the 11 disciples just hours before he's about to head to be arrested and go to the cross. He says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus, he says, if you love me, you'll do this. He doesn't leave it undefined. So if I keep on breaking the commands of Jesus, it shows a lack of love for Jesus. That's a lack of discipleship. If I live contrary to the, to the word of God, newsflash, that's sin in my life. If I live against the convictions of God, that's sin. And we live in a generation that the Bible explains we will, this time would come when we're living in this time where it says they will call evil good and good evil. 
They will call evil good and good. We live in that time now. We are now in that time where they parade sin as a great accomplishment. They parade sin around and say, we are progressive. We are moving forward as a society. And God says, you are moving away from me. You're not moving forward. You're moving backwards. And the church in this season, we cannot just stay quiet. We have to actually open our mouths and call sin, sin. We still believe the word of God. He's still true. As disciples who are living our lives for God, right, we must take the commands of God and we must live them out daily and continuously in our life in this journey of faith. And when we're in the world, we lived in sin, we did all bad stuff, but now that we're in the kingdom, we are called to live right before the Lord. Well, how do we do that? Well, it's reading to the word of God, being in community with people, spending time with the Lord, right? And then reading the word of God to apply it to yourself. Because the word of God is for application. If you just use it for information, you will not grow in God. And this means that every single day I have to apply the word of God to my life. And where he has put conviction, I have to lay down my own desires and go after God. I cannot pick and choose days where I am walking with God. I cannot pick and choose days where I am for God. I actually have to live the way God calls me to do. Because discipleship requires this daily obedience to Jesus, a continued Every day to be continued obedience in Jesus. Now, obedience in the context of being a disciple means that I obey everything Jesus has commanded. And the only way for me to know what he's commanded is to read his word. Every day I have to die to my opinions. Every day I got to die to my old ways, my old flesh, my own desires. I have to actually have the heart of Christ for people. I cannot remain cold and callous and insensitive. I have to actually have the heart of God for others. I got to love people radically. I have to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. I actually have to share the gospel. I got to live righteously. I got to obey the unctions of the Holy Spirit. I got to choose to speak right. I got to choose to act right. I got to choose to live out the righteousness that Jesus already wants for me on the cross i have to live that out i gotta choose to think right and fix all the bad thinking lines that i got up in my head and you know you got some jacked up ones too we have to actually think right and choose it i gotta be obedient to god and this again sounds so elementary but if it's that small and that low why do we have such a problem with it why is it so hard to always obey always go after god now here's what i'm not saying I'm not saying that be through obedience and reading of the word and prayer that you can earn some type of salvation. Discipleship, listen to me, is about learning, not earning. Yeah. It's about learning Jesus, not earning Jesus. It's about learning the cross, not earning the cross. It's about being set free by the grace of God, not earning the grace of God. But I, as I walk with him every day through obedience, I learn. I pick up my cross. I die. Matthew 28 Jesus gives the Great Commission, and in the Great Commission, he says, you got to teach them, meaning disciples, to obey everything that I have commanded you. That means I can't be a four-day-a-week Christian. I'm not a part-time believer. I'm a follower of Jesus to the, to the end of my life. I have to change my gossip ways. I have to change my sinful ways. Gentlemen, you have to actually stay away from pornography. you got to actually stay away from sexual immorality. you got to stay away from vanity, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to stay away from all this carnality. We actually have to shift and change our lives. And we don't just obey God when we give our lives to him at the altar. We continue to obey God through the course of our life because continued obedience yields the fruit of righteousness. As we obey him day by day, even when it hurts, even when we feel like, God, why, why are you telling me to do that? 
We just obey God because he knows what is best. Discipleship requires this continued obedience. I close with this thought, Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Again, he says, Jesus is saying, if anyone, anyone means all of us, right, would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and daily follow me. So discipleship, number one, requires daily diligence. Number two, it requires this idea of continued obedience. Every day is to be continued. But then number three is this, that discipleship requires a daily pursuit of Jesus. Not only am I being diligent in the basics, not only am I being obedient in all that he's telling me to do, but then above and beyond that, I, I make a space, a time in my life and in my day to actually go deeper in the Lord, to go deeper in God. Discipleship in its simplest form is a pursuit of Jesus. And Jesus said that we must come after him, right? We must be uh, denying ourselves and picking up our cross, but it's this daily thing. That was one of the critical pieces of the early church that we see in the book of Acts. And they use this phrase a lot, daily and or day by day. We see it in Acts 2, verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Right there, I lost half of you, day by day in church or day by day in communion with God, day by day. It's right there. They attend the temple together, breaking the bread in their homes. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The church grew daily because daily they were growing in their spiritual walk with God. And every day they were impacting other people with the gospel of the kingdom of God because the truth that they had received was too great to keep to themselves. And I believe that sometimes we've lost that. This idea of how great the gospel is that we don't share it with every individual that we know. There's an aspect in the life of the early church where it's often missing in our day where it's this daily, active, all engaged in pursuit of a growth in God. We live in this unique time, right? It's a different time that we live in where we work different nine-to-five jobs and all that kind of stuff. But here's what I believe with all of my heart, that we need a revival not just in Christianity but in discipleship in and of itself. We need this like revival movement in discipleship where people make a decision consciously and then live by it to actually be followers of Jesus and to be diligent, to be obedient, and to go after God with all of their heart. That they make the space in their life, they clear out things and say, God, I'm giving this time to you. Jesus is looking for those who would abide, who would dwell with him. He's not looking for those who would just do the bare minimum. In this season, God is looking for those who would be all in. And we are shocked by the ways of the world. We're shocked by different groups and, and the way they're acting. But they go all in for what they believe, but the church does not. It's got to be a conviction. I, I remember saying to myself one day, Jehovah's Witnesses, they knock on every door. It's a false religion, but they knock on every door. They don't care. I said to myself, man, if only the true church would spread the truth the way they spread a lie, how much more would we grow? How much more would we see cities change and radical transformation happen? We're too busy. We're just too busy to pursue God at that level. Yoshi used to sing this song, and she still sings it sometimes as a spontaneous, where she says, uh, he's fiercely pursuing your soul. And I want to challenge you that, yeah, he's fiercely pursuing your soul, but are you fiercely pursuing him back? Is there this love that you have with the Lord 
this intensity that, that, that Jesus comes after you and you come after him and you pour out this love on him. I can't desire to see miracles, signs, wonders, the power of God, major breakthrough in our nation if I myself am not willing or I'm too busy in career or pursuit of myself that I can't give to God this radical thing, that I can't forego my own things in order to passionately pursue God. If I can't do that, how can I expect God to do anything for me in me through the kingdom? How can we expect to see the change that we want, church? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that a Sunday, Wednesday Christianity will not do it. Some of you know that so well. It will not cut it anymore. Jesus not only wants you all the time, day by day, he wants everything that you have to offer him. And I know some of you are tired and weary and burned out. I want to tell you that a new year doesn't give you new energy until you seek God in a new way. A daily pursuit pursuing of Jesus. It's not easy. It's not easy for me as a pastor. I, I get, you know, part of my job is just to, to read the word and study and pray, and I do my best to do that in every sermon that I'm preaching. I studied for hours. I'm reading scriptures. I'm cross-referencing. I'm doing all these things, but by the same token, I don't want to just seek the word uh, for you guys. I want to find the word for me. I find I take preaching the word of God very seriously. I approach it with fear and trembling with all of my heart. I mean that because this is a special place in hell for folks who get it wrong on purpose. And so I think that being prepared is one of the greatest things that a preacher and a pastor can do to show his congregation the image of Christ. Come prepared. Don't sit there and wing it. Open the Bible and play Bible lottery. Have a couple of loose you know, notes. You're going to flow in the spirit. That's called being unprepared. Because all throughout scripture, you see that God builds a system and then he invades the spirit into the system and God moves in that capacity. So I want to give God the structure of my study and allow God to work in that process. But then at the end of it, if I don't apply it to myself or say, what is God saying for you, Lewis? And I'm only seeking God for you and what he's saying to y'all, it's a waste of my time. What are we doing as as a church, as individuals, Right? to go after God. We need a revival in pursuit of Jesus in discipleship where the church is looking after Jesus and we're going after him and we're taking this gospel message outside the four walls and not waiting for me or the pastors or leaders to preach a message, but you're taking it and letting your life be revival to others and letting your life be an example to others. We need a move of God, but we need it with disciples people who are willing to be disciplined, learned, and studied in the ways of God and say, man, I want to be like Jesus and not in the way that I think Jesus is, but for who he truly is. That's the heart of God in this season, that the church would look and be like Jesus and pursue him. Be diligent in your daily pursuit, right? Be obedient continuously, not just when you're at church, like, okay, God, but when no one else is looking to be obedient. And last but not least, church, to have this wild pursuit of Jesus. Come on, stand with me. This we're still early afternoon here, 1201. Stand with me. But to have this pursuit, come on, somebody say pursuit of Jesus. He's looking to pursue your life, to pursue your soul. And maybe, maybe you're here today or watching online. We love you. We are so grateful for you. Um, and you just need, honestly, you need, and you recognize that maybe there could be more in your walk with God, more in your pursuit. Come on, would you bow your heads all across the sanctuary? Don't be distracted, but there's more to your pursuit of of God. You're saying, hey, I recognize that I can do more. And not just do and not make it be workspace, but there's more that I haven't committed to God. If that's you, uh, would you lift your hands? If you're watching online, I want you to type in the comments, that's me. That's me. Pastor, I I recognize that I can 
I need to pursue God a little bit more desperately this year than I did last year. I want to lay some things down. I'm going to clear some areas of my life and be obedient constantly. I want to go after God. Come on, lift your hands as high as you can. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. If you're online, any platform, just say, that's me. And if you're online also, there's moderators there to pray with you on Church Online, on Facebook, I'm on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you can hop over to one of our other platforms, and there's people ready to pray for you. There's people ready to pray for you. Amen? I just want to pray a blessing over you real quick. Lord Jesus, you see every hand that's raised, and Father, you know that in a moment... Uh, it's not something we can pray and just things automatically change, but God, you can give us more grace and strength to be able to make the changes and do the things you're calling us to do. And that's the most important thing, Jesus. We ask you for your grace and for your mercy to be able to shift how you want us to, to do what you desire for us to do. Would you, would you mark our, our hearts today? Would you, would you mark our hearts, Jesus, to with the identity and desire and understanding that we must, we must, we must pursue being disciples. We must pursue our heart to be more like you, Jesus, every single day. We must go after you with all of our heart. Come on, somebody say, Lord, give me the grace to love you more. Give me the capacity to love you more, to be like you to pursue you in Jesus name come on somebody give him praise with your hands today come on amen